0: We'll find our way through this current churn, and one thing I know is we won't take our eye off the mission. We won't hesitate, flinch, or blink, even for a second, because everyone here knows that our nation's most precious resource, our sons and daughters, our warfighters, they're counting on us, right? And, and you, you when we get out and walk and talk on the floor, people know that, they, they know that there's someone on the other end counting on what we do.
1: Hello and welcome to Tinker Talks, the audio format podcast that talks about everything inside the fence of Tinker Air Force Base. I am April McDonald, your host for this episode, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Major General Jeff King, Commander of the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex. Welcome to the podcast, sir.
0: April, thanks so much. I'm really excited to talk about uh, Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex, and more importantly, our people.
1: Yes, thank you so much. So would you, before we get started about the people, describe your background as a military officer and how your experience informs your decision-making today?
0: Yeah, you bet. Uh, I'm a career aircraft maintainer, um, and I've had the opportunity to do some uh, career broadening into acquisitions, and uh, later served in the Pentagon as a budget builder for the Air Force's maintenance and logistics programs. Um, along the way, I got a little experience working congressional efforts uh, in the Pentagon as well. And uh, prior to coming to, to Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex, uh, all my experience was in the field. So as you can imagine, I've had uh, much to learn about depot maintenance, uh, you know, depot operations, funding, supply chain management, and really the linkages with the program offices and the lead commands. Uh, but really, there's at least one commonality between the depot and the field, and uh, that's at the heart of any maintenance organization is our technicians, uh, our industrial artisans, and they require training, tools, tech data, material, and manpower to do the job right. We spend a whole lot of time working on those issues, and uh, I've got a great team uh, that I work with uh, to, to get after it. Um, I will say that along the way, you asked about uh, you know, how my experience affects decision making. Along the way, I've learned a lot um, about uh, the power of data-driven decisions. Uh, but those are best made when they're strongly influenced, uh, if you will, um, by the experience of seasoned professionals. And thankfully, we're surrounded with ten thousand, five <laughs> or six hundred uh, here in the complex. Um, it's interesting, though. I found that the higher you go, uh, the more consequential are the decisions. Uh, the less you have control over the second and third order effects, or control over the resources you need to execute. So. Developing solid feedback loops up, down, and across the chain is absolutely essential. And uh, the ability to collaborate, communicate, negotiate are absolutely paramount to to working at this level in this kind of an organization.
1: Right. Back when you were in Air Force ROTC, did you ever imagine rising to the rank of Major General?
0: No way. Uh, When I was a youngster, I just wanted to fly jets. Uh, that, That was my dream when I was a kid. And uh, that didn't pan out for me, uh, so through uh, through ROTC, I just realized I wanted to be as close to mission as possible, so I requested aircraft maintenance for a career field. Um, I got it, and I quickly bonded with both the career field and the people doing the work, and frankly, I've never looked back. Um, I love what I do and the people doing it. Uh, we've got a great mission, and uh, we work for a great company, United States Air Force, Um to be honest, I just hoped to make colonel in my career. I wanted to be a maintenance group commander, be able to you know, influence that enterprise at the field level with a combat maintenance group, and I was fortunate to reach that goal. Really, really fortunate. Everything since is something I call kind of an unexpected journey. Uh, it's amazing how 28 years have flown by, and I'm thankful to serve a little bit longer.
1: Yes. It, time just goes so fast. It's it It's crazy. So can you tell us a little bit about the mission of the OCALC and how it fits into the Air Force Sustainment Center?
0: Absolutely. Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex is one of three ALCs under the Air Force Sustainment Center, which also oversees two supply chain wings and three airbase wings. And those airbase wings are what we call the power projection platforms for our three depots and scores of mission partners alike. Here is the 552 air control wing or the AWACS wing. Uh, In short, AFSC produces readiness for our Air Force and the nation. It's an awesome mission, and we're the ones that generate that for the United States Air Force. Like the other two ALCs, Oak City is responsible for conducting programmed and unscheduled depot maintenance on aircraft, repairing commodities, or what we call exchangeable parts, and the development of sustainment of software uh, for aircraft and support equipment alike. Uh, It's a pretty cool portfolio. Specifically, uh, Oak City performs depot-level maintenance on B-52s, B-1s, KC-135s, E-3s, KC-46s, and Navy E-6 aircraft. We, uh, and we repair component parts for those aircraft and about every other airframe in the Air Force inventory. So we're really an essential part of the supply chain. Uh, the, the parts we produce feed our depot lines and the warfighters in the field. And then, of course, we do maintenance, repair, and overhaul on, on those airframes. Uh, We are unique uh, between the three ALCs in that Oak City is the the, uh, engine repair center of excellence for the Air Force. Uh, We we overhaul the vast majority of engines, um, and we test and repair more than a dozen types, actually. It's a a big workload for us, and uh, that's uh, what what everyone relies upon us for uh, beyond the airframe work. So, you know, an interesting thing is it takes all three ALCs to produce an aircraft at any one. Right? It's, not a, it's not a competition, it's a, it's a cooperation. Uh, for example, we get actuators and genera- generators from Ogden and electronic components and say, aircraft oxygen bottles from Warner Robins. And they get engines, constant speed drives, and oxygen regulators from Oak City. And that's, that's just same a few. So constant exchange of parts to produce air power, that's how the three ALCs work together. We are uh, the largest with about 10,500 or 600 employees right now. Uh, And in fact, we're the largest maintenance, repair, and overhaul facility in the world. Not just the Department of Defense, but the world. Uh, For example, uh, Ogden is number two. Delta Tech Ops, Delta's uh, maintenance, repair, and overhaul facility is number three. Wow. Right? So uh, it's, it's a big team, and it's something I think our people can be proud of.
1: It's a huge mission, for sure. The Air Force is looking to retire many older airframes, continue the service life of others for another 30 to 50 years and procure new platforms to modernize the force. What challenges does this scenario present to the sustainment community and what are you doing to combat them?
0: So this is a really great topic and I think in this, uh, this part one of our talk here I'll just touch on it a little bit because I think we can spend a whole lot of time talking about all the incredible things that this complex is doing uh, to get after uh, that challenge that you identified. Frankly, when you talk about older airframes, newer airframes, and then sustaining that that midlife for a long time, uh, I I term our problem as geriatrics and pediatrics, really old air uh, air fleets and really new fleets of aircraft, right? Um, Old fleets, they find new ways to break and they suffer from ever-shrinking supply bases. Uh, Our newer fleets have new methods of manufacturing and repair, um, and in many cases, Ironically, they also suffer from inadequate uh, sources of supply. Uh, for example, the KC-46. It's new to us, but the the, the the 767 airframe it's based on is sundowning in industry, right? Wow. So um, it's a new mission for us. We have to figure out how to, how to maintain it within FAA standards, but we also have to go out and now look at the, the supply base to make sure we can sustain that mission for the next you know couple, three decades or however long the Air, the Air Force keeps it. Um, now, they've got different challenges, y- new fleets and old fleets, but there are some common challenges between them. Um, one of them is they require a great deal of engin- engineering support and a ton of technical expertise on the shop floor. And uh, to meet those those challenges, we get after it a, vi- a variety of ways, from good ideas that are uh, up-channeled by our uh, industrial artisans, to a robust engineering team, to partnering with uh, Oklahoma's universities um, and to reaching out to many of our partners like Air Force Research Laboratory, uh, Oak Ridge National Laboratory, and others. So um, I'm looking forward in part two to, to unpacking this a little bit because this, is, this uh, acceleration of innovation is, is really exciting. As you know, the Chief of Staff of the Air Force has challenged all of us, and, and his mantra is, accelerate change or lose. And we know for, for Americans in our, in our national defense, losing is not a, not a possibility, right? right? It's not, not right. something we can allow. So uh, we're working at all of these challenges aggressively to increase readiness. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit more next time around.
1: I look forward to that. You have been the ALC Commander for just over a year, and you came in during the coronavirus pandemic, and it's still here, as everybody knows. Can you talk about how COVID has impacted your workforce and their ability to perform the mission?
0: Yeah, you bet. Um, Frankly, there's no other way to say it than to say COVID has been an incredible disruptor um, on our people and our supply chains and, and, to some degree, our operations it's it's one of two major disruptors that i've experienced in my time in service uh the first being 9-11 just as the attacks on 9-11 forced us to rewire our security posture from our airports to our front gates uh covid has forced us to adapt our practices in the workplace in the community uh, the way we think about uh, health and safety as we go go about doing our businesses um COVID has introduced certain inefficiencies. Uh, now we have to accommodate for mask wear, social distancing, and frequent cleaning in the workplace. But uh, I'd argue that those things have paid off amid the pandemic. Uh, in an organization of over 10,500 people, uh, it's no surprise that our, our number of COVID-positive cases over the past two years has a comma in it. Right? It's, it's a pretty large number. Um, every illness really impacts uh, production and and more importantly impacts the team dynamics within our workforce meaning it affects us personally on an individual level a team level uh there's a, there's a disruption to uh to the efficiency and effectiveness of, of our process uh on the upside i'd say the protective measures we put into place mask wear cleaning social distancing have really helped keep our people safety keep our people healthy at least while they're at work right uh, you can count on uh, one hand the number of contractions that were definitively determined through contact tracing to have occurred in the workplace over the last two years. Wow. So, That's... you know, large number of positives, number has a comma in it. You can count on one hand the number that, that was proven to be contracted on base. Um, that, that tells you that our safety measures are, are helping us out here at work. Um, what we can't quantify, however, I'd say is the, the mental strain on our people over time. Um, we are most certainly wrestling with COVID fatigue uh, in the organization and uh, probably in the, in the community at large. And uh, you know, mandatory vac- vaccinations for our uniformed uh, civilian and contractor workforces have introduced uh, some additional churn. But I'm confident we'll find our way through that as well. Americans are determined and resilient. That's who we are. Uh, yeah, that's 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 all I can say. COVID COVID has. Uh, has been, you know, a wicked problem. It's been a disruptor at the at the personal end and professional level. But uh, we're we're showing our resiliency. We're working through it.
1: Yes, together we will definitely get through it.
0: Yep, between individual discipline, following the processes, and and uh, and us, you know, following the the directions that are sent down on how we're supposed to operate, uh, that'll help go a long way.
1: Yes. What accomplishments by your team are you most proud of over the last year and a half?
0: So this, the answer to this question really builds on the last. Uh, I'm most proud of our people and their ability to power through COVID. Uh, despite the many challenges we've experienced, the complex has achieved some record-breaking production levels over the last two years. Uh, we've kept a laser, laser focus on readiness, national defense, and most importantly, the warfighters who rely on our world-class maintenance. Uh, from individual discipline to excellence in production, safety and quality, to the innovative ideas that, that just bubble up from across the complex. Uh, the women, men and women of Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex have really, really crushed it. Uh, it hasn't been easy, but we have uh, kept our commitment up to the warfighter. Um, you know, they, they, uh, they rely on our equipment, right? Their families are counting on us, bringing them home by producing quality products on time. And uh, we've, we've done a really good job at that. Um, I'd say beyond the Maintenance Effectiveness Award, which is late breaking news, uh, a dozen of our people have, have earned individual higher headquarter levels awards uh, because of their innovations, uh, despite some of the, the COVID-related challenges and others. And again, these these accolades really just represent the million minor miracles performed by our people each and every day. And and those uh, miracles and efforts translate into operational success for our, for our Air Force. That's what I'm most proud of. We do we do a great job every day, and and we've just. Powered through COVID, and, and we'll we'll find our way on the other side of this thing, hopefully sooner than later.
1: Yes, if you had to describe the men and women of the OCALC workforce mm-hmm. in just one word, what would it be, and why?
0: Wow, one word, that uh, that's that's really hard to do. In fact, I can't do it. Um, dedicated, disciplined, innovative, tenacious. Uh, I don't know. Those those are just a few that quickly come to mind. Really, uh, are we wrestling with some COVID-related disruptors right now? Yes, we are. Without a doubt. But this isn't the first challenge uh, that, the, that this depot has faced in our 80 year history. And it won't be the last. There'll, there'll be something else that comes along. We'll find our way through this current churn. And one thing I know is we won't take our eye off the mission. We won't hesitate, flinch, or blink even for a second. Because everyone here knows that our nation's most precious resource, our sons and daughters, our warfighters, they're counting on us, right? And, it, and you, you when we get out and walk and talk on the floor. People know that. They, they know that there's someone on the other end counting on what we do. Um, you know, it's funny thing. I was thinking about this. In an interview uh, a while back, uh, the former Secretary of Defense Mattis was asked, what keeps you up at night? Do you all remember this? His, his response was, nothing. I keep other people awake at night, right? And so when I think about our complex, uh, I think— uh, well, you know, I, I just, I know OCALC and the impact our people are having on readiness keeps our enemies up at night. Um, I absolutely guarantee it, in fact. And for us, really, that's job one. Uh, this is an incredibly proud team of Americans. And is this answer a little bit Pollyannic? Yeah, kind of, right? Because I, I tend to see the, the best in us. And, and mm-hmm. um, while it isn't always easy, we all, all are always focused on the mission. So, uh, like I said, dedicated, disciplined, innovative, tenacious. Um, Proud, proud Americans in Oklahoma that's getting the job done. It's a great team, and I'm proud to be among them.
1: Okay. Do you have any parting thoughts for this portion of the podcast?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I started with, uh, it's, I think I started the, the chat with the words of thanks, and I think I'd like to end the same way. Um, it, it really is truly an honor to serve at this level and, and serve with the professionals in this complex. They amaze me every day, just every day with their experience, determination, innovation, the way they look out for one another, uh, and the way they're focused on the mission. Uh, to the men and women of the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex and our exceptional leadership team from our first lines up, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you do for our nation. Um, I'd also, I guess, like say I'm extremely thankful for our partnerships with federal and state legislative teams, the local community industry academia, and so many others within the Air Force and DOD, they are absolutely vital to our, to our success, and they're, they're great teammates. Lastly, I'd like to give a big shout-out to the, 70, the 72nd Air Base Wing, 448 Supply Chain Management Wing, and DLA Aviation Tinker. Uh, and last, without, uh, last but not least, AFGE Local 916. Um, their support for our mission and really our people is just first rate. It's, it's, it's awesome to be working with all of them. It truly takes a team of teams to support our warfighters and provide for our nation's defense. And I'd just like to close by saying may God continue to bless our listeners and the United States of America. Thank you, April.
1: Thank you, sir, for taking time out of your schedule to sit down with us today. And I look forward to part two of this conversation. And thank you also to those of you who took time to listen to this podcast. We appreciate you very much. To keep up with everything going on at Tinker, follow us on social media at Tinker Air Force Base on Facebook and Instagram and at team underscore Tinker on Twitter or visit our website at tinker.af.mil. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.